0: My name is Mark Stevenson
1: from Coldesi, And this is Mark Viola with Coleman and & Company. And today, we're here to talk about is UV printing right for your business with my good friend and associate, Don Copeland. Wow, good friend and associate. Well, well not, uh, neither of those things, welcome, actually. But
0: welcome back to the podcast,
1: Don. The guy oh, is sitting next to me. Back.
0: <laughs> no problem. Hey, if, uh, if you are a podcast listener listener you will probably remember uh, that Don was previously the um, the director garmin printer products manager here at Coldsi and since then he has gone on to help launch a new product called the uh, or new to the us called the compress UV printer line um, and today we're going to kind of talk about uh, is what UV is and is it right for uh, for your business
1: yeah it's a new technology that's out there and we want to know we want we didn't really know much about it until Don, you know, educated us more and more, or at least I knew much less than even Mark did, yeah. um, and we thought that there was a great just topic to explore and share with our listeners. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Don, let's start from the really basics. Um, what is UV printing? What are we talking about here?
1: Well, UV printing, I
2: mean, oftentimes what we'll be talking about, you'll hear referred to as UV LED flatbed printing. All right, Uh, mainly focusing on small to mid-format, anywhere from, say, 12 by 11 uh, up to as large as, uh, you know, 48 by 30 type of printers, okay? Um, There are huge UV printers that people, I think a lot of people associate UV printing with the really large printers. We've seen at the big shows, SGIA and whatnot, that are 4 foot by 8 foot and, you know, Take up your whole building, <laughs> right? So, 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 break, break it down for us. What, what are we like? What physically? What is? What does it mean to UV print something? So, when you UV print something, you're using inks that are reactive, so to speak, to a UV light. When they're printed, when they hit the substrate, there are UV lights that tra- traverse with the head. And yep. Those UV lights actually cure the inks, set right. the inks on the substrate. I mean, literally, when the ink, when the print comes out of the machine and you've seen that, I know you, right. Mark, has is you, you just don't want to touch it because we're so used to everything, you know, the direct-to-garment printing or large-format printing, when it comes out on the machine, you're like, eh, it's wet, Right. it's dried, it's set onto a substrate. Secondarily, um, it's generally done on items that we wouldn't historically do water-based types printing on like textiles and whatnot. It's generally done on rigid goods, okay. uh, plastics, metals, woods, Items like that, items a lot of times associated with ad specialties or trophies and awards or even in manufacturing, you know, okay. components as well.
0: So so UV printing is kind of like the combination of UV light
2: and an ink set that reacts to it, so it dries immediately. I mean, exactly. It okay. not just dries, it actually sets. Okay. There is an actual reaction as well. There are monomers in the, the inks that set. Similar to like when we direct a garment print, right, we take and we heat press... Right, the, sh- the shirt. That's not just drying the ink. It's actually making some chemical reactions occur that set the inks as well.
0: Right, so um, if you're already an apparel decorator out there, if you're mm-hmm. doing any kind of printing, if you're doing sublimation or screen printing or you're doing DTG, you have to do something after it comes out of the machine in order to set the ink. You've got to throw it onto an air- a dryer or heat press it
2: or whatever it is. I'm not sure what the whatever it is. is yeah. <laughs> Get it with a hair dryer, I don't know. Smoke signals, something like that. Signals. Signals, uh, right. Right. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's the big thing. It's like it, For us, even when we first started delving into this, you didn't want to touch it because we were so used to there happened to be another step. Yeah. With UV printing, it's done when it comes out of the machine. That doesn't mean that sometimes there aren't things you need to do ahead of time. Right. You know, there are certain substrates that are not receptive to the inks that you do need to treat. You know, there are there are Primers you can use. There are treatments you can use: flame treatments, corona treatments, and right. whatnot that will make the surfaces more receptive to the ink. So, like a pre-treat for DTG, kind of except a lot less involved. Yes, a lot less involved. Okay. It's, it's more. It's just a wipe-on, and you're done, and it air-dries.
0: So, so what do what do people do with UV printers? How
2: do they how do they make money? Wow, well, really, really a broad question, especially in today's marketplace. Uh, in terms of the customer base we'd be talking to here, right? Um, logical things would be ad specialties. When I say ad specialties, if you look around your desk right now while you're listening to this podcast, anything that has somebody's company name on it that was given to you, right. whether it's a pen, a calculator, items like that, letter openers, um, all of those type of things, those are all going to be one category of ad specialties. Um, other applications would be trophies and awards. You know, Any recognition. Right. Acrylic is huge nowadays. Acrylic has historically been done with uh, either rotary engraving or laser etching, right? Mm-hmm. Now we could bring the aspect of color to that because we can print full color on acrylic, back print it with a white, and so you have a beautiful award that you're looking through the acrylic. Things like that would be an application that you, know, you can't get with something like sublimation or just traditional engraving and, and, and lasering, which are one color, right? And with, with sublimation, you don't get A white, so you don't have the true colors you get when you back print with a white. So that's another application. Um, Applications would be for doing signage. So if you've got a business that you're doing T-shirts for, you know, maybe caps for, you know, anything like that with your apparel business, you know, that guy who does the lawn service that you do the shirts and hats for, how cool would it be if he had yard signs that he could stick in the yard while they're there working, right? To have, you know, the name of his company, his phone number, you know, website, everything on it right there. We call them bandit signs, 18 by 24 coroplast signs. Great for that. Great for realtors, you know, people who do sponsor events. A lot of our customers will get jobs, you know, like DTGing golf towels for a golf tournament. Well, I guarantee you there's at least 18 companies that have sponsored holes that they need signs for. Right. Or perhaps printed on golf balls. A sponsor may want golf balls with their logo on it or the event on it. For that type of thing, all of these are kind of complementary items that your customers are probably going to somebody else to have it done since they think of you as their apparel guy. Yeah. In reality, you should just be their graphics department. Right, I,
0: I like yeah. that a lot, uh, Mark. We were just working on a webinar with yeah, kind of that's that, a, that idea.
1: Actually. You read my mind. So, yeah, because what we were saying is that if you get an embroidery machine, you have an embroidery machine, and if you're listening and you only have an embroidery machine, you know you get asked about getting T-shirts made. You know, that's just like, that's immediately right next to that. Well, another growth point is if you do T-shirts and embroidery then the next thing you get asked about is promotional products. People will typically join the various organizations that are out there so they can buy promotional products. And from my experience and the experience of our customers, doing those on small to medium runs is not always easy. Um yeah. finding a product that's good quality and then getting the image that you want on it, the graphics gets complex or they might be screen printing it and you're limited to colors. You know, it's yeah. a mess. And a lot of customers just will just not do that. And they run the risk of, well, for one, they don't they don't make the money that they could have made. Yeah. And two, they run the risk of them going of their customer going to another place that says, Well, I can do hats and t shirts for right. you too. Right.
0: Yeah. So so I, I like this and you know, I want to preface this by saying that, you know, the the UV the UV printer, the Compress brand, uh, any of them actually are are not inexpensive pieces of Correct. equipment. They're they're a commercial piece of equipment. They are an investment. But just in that scenario that we were talking about in our in our webinar the other day, where you know we're we're talking about the the two X business bundle, the embroidery machine and the and the UV printer. I mean the uh, um, the vinyl cutter. Uh, you know, somebody comes in and they want to get uh, an embroidered polo and a hat set for a school event. Maybe it's for team support. And they also want to get the T-shirts done for the kids on the field. Mm -hmm. And they also want to get T-shirts done for the family as fan shirts. You know, that's a great bundle. And you're talking about turning a $15 cap sale into a $100 family support bundle. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about adding every one of those family members would probably want to put a little sign in their front yard on game day, you know, saying, hey, you know, shout for number 11 out on the field, or, you know, wildcat softball tonight at 10, the school might want to advertise and put signs out there. They might want to give away tchotchkes for homecoming games, things like that. You have the opportunity to, like, to corner that business, Mm -hmm. to take that one initial contact and make the most possible.
2: And could you print on something like a baseball bat? You do print on a bat? You could print on baseballs themselves. Okay. Right? You. We've printed on golf balls, baseballs. We've printed on basketballs. I mean, so it opens up a lot of categories. If you're you're doing the shirts for the state championship team at your your yeah. local high school, uh, why not offer to do a basketball for them to put in the, the you know the gymnasium that's yeah. printed with the year, the school logo, yeah. maybe the final score of that game, the team record for the year, that kind of stuff, just opens up categories that haven't been really in Yeah, think or, about or it,
0: all it, the yeah. balls, you know, all the basketballs at a school or all the baseballs, right. you know, you bring them in. And I, I've seen the, the, uh, the Compress, and by the way, we're talking about the Compress UV Printer. It's compressuvprinter.com. I've seen this thing work a bunch, and um, it's amazingly fast. So it's not like it's going to take you two weeks to do a set of right. 36 baseballs.
2: Well, it's one of the things that I think where we kind of positioning with that printer nicer than most players in the marketplace yeah. is we are able to print bi-directionally uh, and get really good quality. In fact, most of what we print would be what we consider a production mode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, historically, when people requested samples on anything, yeah, you generally go into art mode, right, and you try to print the highest quality.
0: Yeah. Forget about how long DTG it takes.
2: You know, we've we found in the DTG marketplace that this is what we show off, but everybody, you know, two months in is printing production mode anyway. Yeah. So the beautiful thing with the compress, with the UV printing, is, it's very, very hard to discern between the production mode printing and the fine art. Yeah, it's, mode. it's all beautiful. It's, it's it all is. Beautiful. It's, you know, until you get into really tiny, like when you start putting, you know, one to two millimeter lettering yeah. on a golf ball, yeah, you need to go to a, yeah. you know, to the right. fine. But when you're printing on 95% of the items we print on, you can go into a production mode, yeah. 720 by 720, bidirectional printing, allows you to fly through the bed, get a lot done. When you're doing one-offs, like things like a basketball or something, something with a lot of curvature, you're going to slow it down. But when you're doing your traditional, like was talking about the ad specialties type of stuff, flat stock items yeah. with moderate size to them, you're going to fly through those in the production mode, which is nice. And because of the size of the bed on the machines, it's going to allow you to load up a lot more. And very similar to the, the DTG brand printers, it's about interface time. You're spending less time involved with the machine yeah. while it's producing. The cool thing with UV, especially on a machine like the the Compress has a fairly large bed, it's a heavier machine. I actually have customers who can unload. We have a customer in Michigan who is actually doing uh, one of their first jobs on uh, the 1200, which is our larger format, right. it's a 45.3 by 29.5 bed. Yeah. They're doing 60 4-inch by 4-inch tiles at a time for art for wow. a company that does these and they had yeah. thirty five hundred piece order. The they were able to there so there's six rows of ten. Right. They were able on that machine to have four of those low rows unloaded and reloaded while the printer was still printing. Oh,
0: and they were right. coming out of the front, they were plucking off.
2: Yeah, and so they were able to do that. And then when the machine would rewind then they they only had to pull out the fifth row, they hit load and then they go to the back of the machine. Yeah. And they would take load off. take the back row off right. and have those loaded on. So literally, they turned over a whole machine of sixty tiles with only a gap of one ten, 10 tile row. Yeah, that was not yeah. in the motion of printing, which yeah. is huge. Yeah, you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's about production, and, and you know, people are starting to see that in UV now. It, instead of it, it's just kind of the novelty of it's worn off of it. Right. It's cool now. It's it's cool, and I can make good money on the stuff I do it. But now, how do I do? Good money at high quantities, yeah. very productive with high quality prints. I think that's what we bring to the table that nobody else is doing.
0: Yeah, and and I mean we can talk about the UV market and you know the the options out there, um, but just I, I can't help but my mind is wandering with the opportunities for people in the business and um, just having seen the photographic quality, it's very similar to DTG, uh, if not
2: better. Probably better because you're you have no dot gain, right? Because uh, the ink is instantly set upon contact. Yeah, so you don't have any. No growth, spread, no spread yeah. of the dot. You know, you when you print on a textile, even onto a polyester, you're going to have some level of right. dot gain, which is going to mean you're going to lose some detail. Right. You know, on the UV, boom, it's it's there. So it's so so
0: back to that back to that bundling opportunity. You know, um, the headshots of all the baseball kids. You know, you can print those onto the backs of backs of uh, plexi and put that into. Um, Put that in the hallway outside the gym. Yeah, you know you can make that in those
1: individually part of a trophy. Yeah, and, and I was just thinking about all the things that you could do with that machine and how how valuable of a product it would be, how yeah. profitable they would be because nobody else even has the ability to offer that. Like if you're able to take, you know, every student's like just going with the baseball reference. Like if every student was able to get a custom bat with, like, a little color headshot on the end of it, oh, yeah. a year, some stats. yeah. And they, I don't know how many bats you can print at a time, right. you know, six or ten. I mean, you mean what you can do is do the mini-sized bats. Like oh, okay. yeah, then, I can remember. And then, that. you know, it's just a matter of, UV printing
2: is about being smarter than the item you print on. Okay. Radically smarter, you know, more so than on any other thing because you're dealing with dimensional items, right? Yeah. It's not like trying to get around the collar or a pocket on a T-shirt. You know, and so it's about being creative. We keep play doh and um, legos, legos, yeah, sitting around in our in our workshop because we get items that we need to hold up. So you build a, a frame that, out of legos, and then you use some play doh to kind of really firm up exact positioning so we can nail them. Yeah, spot. because when
0: you print with UV, you have to you know hold things still.
1: Yes,
2: yeah, and they have to stay in place.
1: Yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool. I just yeah. and I imagine what that stuff would be worth, you know, like when you mentioned the basketball with that they would put in the in the acrylic case. Yeah. You know, how much how much would that basketball cost to buy if I wanted one in the world today? If I was just like, I want custom basketball with the year, the name, all the students' names on it, whatever it might be. Yeah. How much would it cost to get that produced compared to like what a basketball, a blank basketball right. actually right. costs? And and how much ink how much would it cost oh. to put the ink yeah, on? Yeah, the that. ink
2: for the most part, when you're talking about UV printing, ink doesn't even come into the conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's so little. We actually were doing um, at a demo yesterday morning for a company that does a lot of uh, Christmas ornaments, okay. and they had a Christmas ornament that is um, a uh, it's like a scout suit uniform, like a Boy Scout uniform, okay. and they customized them with a the name across it. Right? They're actually doing that by hand. They outsource this to local like cottage industry. Right. They're paying a dollar and a quarter into a dollar fifty a piece to have <laughs> names put on it. People yeah. give them a forty eight hour turnaround. Yeah. And they'll get a bunch of them and they're actually using paint pens to to collect, okay. their, you know, write these right. on. Mm-hmm. Um dollar and a quarter, dollar fifty apiece. We we actually literally set it set it up, targeted it, print printed a name right. onto the shirt. Time was negligible. 0.8 Cents worth of ink, right? On it, they were spending a dollar and a quarter to a dollar fifty a piece, and they got down to point eight cents. Yeah. So I mean, and we it, literally just that one item alone during their Christmas season, that six week of yeah. craziness, they do fifteen hundred to two thousand of them. Right. They're going to pay for in the area of eight to ten percent of their
1: machine.
2: Yeah. Just in savings. From that one application, one application, besides all the other matters.
1: stuff that they could,
2: that yeah, imagine can, can do yet. Right. I mean, that and industry.
0: that's a great idea for promotional products is, is Christmas ornaments and and you know not just don't think about it just as um, as something externally that you can sell, but you can also use it internally. Right. So maybe you want to print your own boxes that you send exactly. products out
2: with. Yeah, we did um, that with. Uh, we had a customer who sent us. Uh, they have a product. I won't describe it because I promised them I wouldn't get carried away with telling them what it is. But they do do a product made out of wood, and it goes into a box. And we were able to reproduce their design on the product and then exactly print the exact same design on their box. And and literally because of the depth of the machine, the machine will print up to 11-point-inch. 11.8-inch tall items. Okay. We were able to turn the boxes on, the, on its side yeah. and print their information down the side, their website, anything that they wanted on it. Right. And, you know, huge. So yeah. you don't have to worry about having a huge inventory of pre-printed boxes. Yeah. Right? Anything you wanted to do custom. Let's say somebody wanted to buy 24 of these items and give them to their employees. You could go down into the box having the name of the manufacturer and their website and all that stuff. I would say, you know, for recognition of a great 2017. Yeah. Or, you know, Happy holiday, Merry Christmas, whatever, from Cold Essie. Yeah. You know, just taking that whole customization thing to a whole new level. Like I said, boxes. Prototype, you know, just jokingly around, you can create prototype things for people. Yeah. You know, you, know, you wouldn't otherwise imagine Are you're going to do it with like a mock-up of an inkjet print and some, you know, glue stick. Yeah. It's It's... Huge, and like you said, you know, even hang tags. You know, you can do hang tags. Okay. Get, get a plastic hang tag. Put on the hang tags if you wanted to put on on products if you're exhibiting at uh, an event. Yeah. You can do custom hang tags for it. It's just.
0: I I think I think you know just in, in the spirit of the of the CAS podcast, you know, it's it's you know, we try to bring everybody you know good business advice, good marketing advice, and and these opportunities there there are not you know it's one of those things like the embroidery machine and the vinyl cutter together make sense because you're addressing a customer coming in and you're selling them more because normally the most expensive part of the process is getting that customer in the door and making that first contact and now you're just you're not only doing more with that one individual customer but you're you're backing into the sign business as well and into the promotional product business and awards
2: and engraving and
0: because now you know if you let's say you've got a uh, Real estate agents that want embroidered polos, you know, you can offer signs with their pictures on it. You can... um,
2: And realtors like their picture on everything. On everything, everything. yeah. They have to have it.
0: Yeah, you could do do special gifts for the people that buy from the realtors. You could do, you know, whatever promotional items they want to go as part of their
1: business. Yeah, and and I just, the the more I sit here and think about this machine, how cool it is, I I imagine you could print custom wine bottles... You know, yeah. for a local winery, when I think about this type of business in conjunction with what we do, because the 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 customization business is something that just continually seems to be growing the yeah. past years. The ability, people want to be able to customize everything, which is why are small shop embroiderers and small shop shop t-shirt companies and such like that doing small and medium production runs are doing so well. is because they've got direct-to-garment printers and single-head embroidery machines and and cutting machines. They have these things where they can do 24, 36, 100 of something very specific, individual names and numbers and and all types of information Mm -hmm. like that. And this UV printer, to me, takes it, where you can take that small customization business and yeah. really think huge with it, yeah. because you just need that idea and that niche, and you may be one of the few people you know in the country or in your to you, do that to yeah, offer yeah, this new niche. Yeah. So that was one where I thought of like the wine bottles. Like, what if yeah. you were doing? You know, you were offering like a little, there's a local winery by a place that I think about, and you can go in there and you can do like a barrel of wine, it's like a couple hundred dollars, something like that. And I'm thinking, I'm like, if this company had a printer like this, or there yeah. was four, or one or the sign shop that's like four blocks away, if they had this printer, that they can come over there and, and literally somebody could take a picture. While they're making the wine, yeah, that, I mean, bring it, email us to there and then deliver the bottles that they're going to bottle with when they when the wine's ready in a, in a couple of weeks. That is that is so funny
0: because I was just thinking about um, my, oh, my wife. Yeah, yes, no. my wife and I went out to Keelan Curry, which is a winery here in Plant City, oh, yeah. Florida, and uh, they they have kind of an experience. So you go in and you do the wine tasting, and then uh, you know they have craft beers and they do their own wines. They have a restaurant and uh, they do a great job of merchandising their stuff. Yeah. So, you know, you have the opportunity to buy labeled wine bottles, beer bottles. You have the opportunity to get um, T-shirts printed. They have printed T-shirts. They have embroidered caps. They've got gifts. So that's one business in a very small town, you know, that uses everything that we're talking about
1: here. Yeah. So that's out there. uh, when When I got married, we did a wine thing for the wedding as a wedding favor. Right. And it had a printed picture of us on the on the wine yeah. panels and said the year and all that stuff it was printed on a sticker and put on there. So two things about that. One, I have to imagine how expensive that was to produce each individual sticker customized. It was probably a lot. I mean, right. between the paper and sticker material, that was a lot. And two is none of them look good now. Oh, you know, right. yeah, none yeah, of yeah, them yeah. look good there now. They're all yeah. torn up because they're inkjet and they're on yeah. paper and they've bled in humidity over the years. Yeah. And I and I gather that if they were done on something like this, they would have looked, not only would it they looked and felt amazing because they would have printed on the bottle, but they'd probably still be perfect.
0: Yeah, and I, I want to say one more thing about, um, we, we talked about, um, before the podcast started, uh, Don was talking about, the fact that people are now in the graphics business, right. not just in the T-shirt business or the custom apparel business. When you add a UV printer to your repertoire, you really are now in the graphics business. Whether or not you want to take that image and put it onto a T-shirt or onto a hat or as a sign or onto uh, an award, you know, it's almost like bring us your images and
2: watch us go to work. You know, it's, I've used this analogy before. We're a Walmart society, and what I mean by that. You go to Walmart to pick up some toilet paper and some chicken for dinner. You're also getting uh, your cell phone recharged. You can grab lunch at McDonald's right. while your wife gets her nails done, right? right. And, and, and some of them you may even get, you know, get mm-hmm. contact lenses or eyeglasses, right? You know, it's all there, Yeah, right? And why, now, did I really want to eat at McDonald's? But no, I was at you were already there at Walmart yeah. picking up the toilet paper. My wife yeah. told me to get and the chicken, and uh, she was wanting to get her nails done. So you know, you, you're there. Why leave? Why go someplace myself? Right. Make it as easy as possible for your customers to give you as much as their business as possible. And like like market indicated, you have your traditional entry in way now in whatever you're doing. Now as you grow into other areas, let's say you add a a UV printer and you start doing yard signs. Yeah. Uh, you know, eighteen by twenty four coros in full color. All of a sudden you're going to start to get known for doing full color yeah. eighteen by twenty four coros and people are going to come to you for that product who all the way by the way need whatever else you're doing, whether it's bling t shirts yeah. for their, their kids cheerleading team, you know, embroidery yeah. or shirt. You know, it's so it's all about creating new entry ways as well. Not only ways to get your customers to spend more money with you, but it's also a way to bring new customers in to then offer them the other products Absolutely. you already and, offer
0: it's And Henry and, and by the way um, if you don't know Coro is like a um, it's like a white poster board you know that's very corrugated
2: common. plastic corrugated
0: plastic <laughs> thus
2: the it. name Coro plastic <laughs> okay. it's basically it looks like cardboard except it's a white plastic yeah it's what every sign that you see out on this that lose 30 pounds in 30 days yeah, you know that sign, stuff. you know yard signs that you see stuck up with the, the step in stakes. That is a hugely popular yeah. uh, advertising medium that's used, uh, you know, just about every format. You know, like I said, realtors use them a lot. You know, a lot of work, I mean, my church has signed. You see a lot of, in, here in the South, a lot of churches now are going to yard sign yeah. as ways, you know, to get people's attention. You'll see the same, you know, people who uh, who do estate sales and things like that. Yeah. organizations that hold events on, a you know, fundraiser events like Carnivals. A, yeah, whatever. exactly. Step-in signs.
0: Okay, that's cool. Um, so um, let's talk a little bit about the two questions that everyone's going to have. And the first one
2: is, is can I use it to print T-shirts? Can you? Maybe. Would I suggest it? No. Um There are some folks who, there's some noise in this industry now about doing T-shirts with UV. Um, The big sell is that, quote-unquote, you don't need a pretreatment. While that may be true, uh, it opens up a whole can of worms. Understand that the inks that are used in UV printing, and all UV printing inks, are fairly similar. They're not exactly the same. Sort of like DTG. Right. They're all, they're in the same category. They're not exactly the same, but they have the same characteristics. And the concern with UV inks is they have monomers, and the monomers are used to, that are what actually make it set up. Yeah. If those monomers are not fully set, you, you run the risk of people having skin irritation. Right. Right. And certainly something that would be of a concern with uh, youth uh, right. and children's shirts, um, you need a flexible UV ink. All right. Generally... Uh, flexible UV inks do work well on items that flex, right? However, they don't perform that well on items that don't flex. They tend not to have mm-hmm. the same adhesive qualities on non-flexing items. Okay. All right. So if you buy a printer based on doing T-shirts, you've got to choose. Do you want to do flexible or do you want to do rigid? Right. It's not something you're going to choose to switch back and forth. You can't switch between.
0: back and forth between printing signs one, one minute and then... Printing. Right. I mean,
2: if you're going to do it, you're swapping out inks. And that's, right. that's a major expense, a major time waste, right. you know, and literally, to do it right, you need a printer that's got a print area that's indicative of t-shirts, so most companies that are doing this are smaller format, 10 by 12, 10 by 24 yeah. type images, which don't lend themselves to t-shirt size graphics, right? right. Um, so you have to then look at a larger format machine to be able to do it, and you're spending eighty, eighty-five thousand $85,000 on a printer that's really meant to do rigid goods, yeah, and you're you're spending that money on a, a T-shirt printer. You know, if somebody's seriously looking at needing to do T-shirts and want to do ad specialties, generally I find that we can sell them a, a Compress 600, which is a 24-inch wide machine, and a DTGM2, right, which is a 24-inch wide format, for less than a quote-unquote universal-type printer with UV printing on T-shirts as well. Yeah. and I mean, radically less.
0: So, so the, the short answer is yes, you can, but the question of whether or not you should or whether or not it's going to be the right move for your business is separate.
2: I don't know of any studies that have been done to say right. that it's safe. And you know, especially with the CPSIA. Yeah. I, I always get those acronym, no, you're right. Right. Yeah, concerns about printing even it was it was a, an issue a few years ago with direct garment. Yeah. Right? Which is you know, which meant for a textile. Right. That I don't know that there's any certifications right now saying that it's a good idea to do this because it—it is it not. And let's get real with it. Every print I've ever seen done with them ain't that good. Right? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't—it doesn't look great on T-shirt. It does not look does great not. on T-shirt, and it certainly doesn't look good on cotton. So the the other
0: things that I'll say is because the other the other question is um, is how much is it? I'll let you talk about that. The um, but when I go over to you, if you're going to get a UV printer, it has to be kept in a ventilated area. Uh, you're, this is not a back bedroom business. This right. is not. It's a big machine. You know, it's a good sized machine, and uh, the UV inks affect people. The smell affects
2: people differently. So if I go Only in, one out of three people in this room,
0: right? <laughs> um, so, so you know, if if you're going to be working around it all day, um, 99% of, of people are going to be fine. Um, if you are, um, but if you're overly sensitive to smells or, right. or chemicals or anything like that. You know, regardless, you need to make sure it's ventilated. So At it's least you a need
2: to moder- have or or having a uh, like a HEPA filter type of yeah. filter around it. it. The inks that we use are relatively low VOC. Yeah. I mean, not wanting to get completely away, it, going back to the T-shirt printing, yeah. most flexible UV inks yeah. are very high VOC. So they certainly need a specialized ventilation system right. for, for that because they are radically more powerful I mean, our initial inks we tested with our machines were high VOC, yeah. right? And the, the person we're talking about who gets pale yeah. and has to leave the room would be Mark. Yeah. Um, and he couldn't even, he, he was physically getting headaches yeah. and couldn't even be in the room with the printer yeah. when we were trying to film stuff. Um, now, at least he, for... for oh, yeah, that, yeah I'm,
0: I'm good for hours.
2: Hours, for an and, hour, you know, so he still gets a little... It on us. And I think he just uses it as an excuse to get away from me as well. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Matter of fact.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like the uh, right now. But, no, that's the other thing to weigh in on. Now, you were asking about the machines and the cost. Yeah. Uh, we offer two models. Uh, we have our 600 and our 1,200. Uh, basically, they correspond to a 24 by 17.7 print area on the 600 and to a 45.3 by 29.5 print area on the 1,200. Certainly, the 1200 is not something you would want to use at a home business. Right. It's a beast. Yeah. Um And they come fully assembled. They are floor-based, unlike, the let's say, the M2. Yeah. Um, the 600 is very similar format to the M2. However, it is floor-based because it has to be because we have so much depth we have to attain. Right. right. I have to go, be able to drop that bed 11.8 inches. Um, that machine, you're looking at about $37,000. Okay. That includes... Five liters of ink cleaning solution. We use. A, we include a, a RIP software as well as a design front end because there are certain things you want to do in UV which are kind of unique. We didn't even talk about the three textures, th- the text- yeah. ability to, to print levels where so you can have brush strokes on a canvas you print, yeah. or you can do uh, ADA signage with raised right. lettering, or you can do highlighting of a sign you want to highlight. A, a website or a phone number or something like that, by giving it some depth, you can do all of that with nice. it. Uh, we also include a uh, for the machine a silicon pad that goes down on the bed, which allows you to print on it to do targeting and it also has a sticky factor to it so your items will stay s- snug to it. And it comes with uh, on-site training. And we do an on-site install and training where we come in, we teach you how to operate the machine, how to work with the software, both the design software and back-end Another factor of the design software, it allows you to do variable data, so you yeah. can import databases, it does sequencing it does barcoding, okay. it does sequence barcoding, okay. you know, with variable data and whatnot, so I mean, there's a lot to it but we come in, train you on the machine, the software, and how to how to deal with the items that's really right. the key is, you know, we, we try to bring you, bridge that gap a little bit and narrow the, the gap of you not being smarter than the items you're printing on yeah. so we kind of get your head wrapped around that as well we also then have the twelve hundred, which would be the larger machine. That machine is about fifty-two, just under fifty-three thousand dollars as well. Okay. Same thing's included with that.
0: Yeah, except
2: it's big. It's it's a it's, yeah, a, it's a, big it a big machine. But you know, it sounds crazy when you look at them for the price differential. In most cases, we have almost triple the amount of things we can output on the larger bed, even though it doesn't seem that way. Yeah. But because of the size a lot of items are. Mm-hmm. I was just doing some math on this before I came over here. If I was doing eight and a half by elevens like plaques, I could get four of them on the, the six hundred. Right. I could get Thirteen of them. On the twelve hundred. On the twelve hundred. Yeah. Just you know
0: So it's a math problem. If you have volume then, then
1: you know, you make your decision based on that. Exactly right. Okay.
0: Exactly right.
1: I, I think that this is um as I mentioned before, it's really cool and it's really yeah. interesting. And it's, but this is like a, this is like one of those next level, you know, um, yeah, business it's, investments. Like, if you
0: just got kind of your Avance fifteen O one C and you're you're starting up your embroidery business, this should not be on the table for a little bit.
2: No, but it, you could put it on your dream list. Yeah, you know, and that's that's kind of the key is if you've got an existing business and you're already looking for ways to expand. I mean, you, you always have these, these angles. Do I want to stay in apparel and go to another type of apparel? Um, do I just need to? I'm so busy with my single head that if I had a second single head, you've got to weigh all those things in. But if you're starting to see a lot of demand from corporate business, you know, corporate customers, business-to-business type of stuff, um, schools, organizations like that that need and they're spending a lot of money on ad specialties or yeah. spending a lot of money on signage, then you start to look at this as an angle, it's way to go. You may already have a customer that you're farming stuff out to that you want to bring that in-house. Yeah. You know, and that's sort of like the company who's printing the little Christmas ornament. Yeah. You know, they're farming out the decoration of that just by bringing that in-house or paying, you know, we figure it's three to four months worth of lease payment. Wow. Each year. Right. <laughs> just on that one ornament design yeah. for just that six-week period of, of Christmas.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I think that... Um, if you do have just have a single head embroidery machine, and and you realize like you're mentioning with outsourcing or or mentioning yeah. with you know the growth the growth of your business and what you're looking to do, you know this could it could be the right move for yeah. you. Maybe yeah, maybe a forehead is, maybe a vinyl cutter is, right. maybe a DTG. Every it's a opportunity, business, opportunity, right? Yeah, and every That's customer, true. everyone's different in yeah. where they want to invest, and that all of this stuff, the the cost of all these. Various pieces of equipment very much come with um, the potential for them as well. Yeah. So, so the, a small vinyl cutter that you can get for thousand bucks or so has some awesome potential for that thousand dollars. Right. Um, but, but a large UV printer comes with this whole new level. So it's yeah. a whole new level of investment, but it's also a whole new level the of returns. potential. Yeah, that's yeah. So you've got to figure out for your small business what is the direction you want to go, where do you want to be, how much money do you want to make, uh, what are, what's your potential business in the area? If you've got, you know, maybe you have two single heads, and you're realizing that you're doing well with embroidery, but it's maybe highly competitive in your area. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that, you know, at doing custom work. 20 pieces and less at a time is a great business for you, but you realize if you want to get into the thousands, you know, it's going to be hard to get into that. Maybe you need to look into UV yeah. for that large stuff, or maybe you need to look into direct-to-garnet printing, or whatever it would be. you yeah. got to look in your area, in your niche, yeah. and, you know, with, versus your competition.
0: And if you're a big shop, if you're, if you're already like a big screen printer that listens to the podcast, um, if you're a multiple DTG shop, I mean, just start asking your customers. You know, uh, tell them that you're thinking about adding this capability, yeah. and and some of their eyes will light up, and they'll be excited to do business with you on this stuff, um, just like they are about on custom apparel.
2: You know, with with I don't know, it's like a thousand years' experience. I seem like feel like I have in the industry now. You <laughs> know, that? thank you. Um, <laughs> it's because I've been in the room with you with the, <laughs> okay. the Um No, it. There's, there's a bell curve we go through on new technologies, especially digital technologies. And the bell curve starts out shallow where you have the early adopters who generally are the pioneers. In a lot of cases, are the ones that end up face down with the arrows in their back, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the ones that excel at it really make good money on it, yeah. right? Because there's not a lot of competition in the marketplace. And as you start up the curve, it becomes... The technology grows, and yeah. it gets a little bit more friendly. It gets a little bit more affordable, um, but it's still you're in good margins, good margins, good margins. Then you kind of hit that peak where it's like, okay, this is it has arrived, and it's something that you're making decent money on, but in the near future, it's going to start back down that bell curve right. where – now it goes from I want to have it's a good opportunity to growth to I have to have to survive to it gets down to the point where we are in the sign industry industry right now, for instance. If you don't have a large format eco-solvent yeah. printer, you are not in the sign industry. Yeah. Right? That's a, absolutely simple to have. So it's now a you make money with it but you it's an absolute necessity. Yeah. We're on that high starting up that that upward slope on the bell curve where the machines are pretty affordable. Right. The technology is solid, yep. the inks are solid, and the cost, the values you get for the products you're producing is still pretty high. Yeah. And instead of jumping in when it's up at that top peak, where you now you start your learning curve yeah. <laughs> and where the and people around you are already versed, you're gonna miss some of that potential as you drop off as the, the the cost of the output and stuff yeah. starts to come down. So so uh, basically
0: uh, get in get in the market soon. Uh, for offering this kind of technology, and you'll and you'll benefit in the
2: long. Yeah, way. yeah. You, I think you're going to see your ROIs are going to be shorter. Right. And you know your your competition will be less. And the guy who gets there first, in many cases, that we were talking about embroidery, embroidery is a great apparel decoration. Yeah. But it's a mature marketplace. Yeah. So you know, as soon as you throw the word embroidery out there, they can go boing and search and find twenty people within a twenty-five yeah. mile radius that you're now competing against. So therefore. The cost of output is down. Yeah, you know. it, it's so. With this, though, being able to offer people full color, and there's so, so many. We didn't even
1: scratch yeah. the surface. I know,
0: and the, and the combination of things. Too, yeah, and,
1: and the the thing about what's cool about our industry, and what we do, is that folks that that and, and still a little bit getting into the direct garment printing business. You know that we're still in a place where offering these. You know really high-quality prints, really customizable T-shirt prints, is still not crazy easy to find. If you want screen-printed T-shirts, if you want 500 Mm -hmm. screen-printed white shirts, you can find them in any garage. Just go into a neighborhood and you can probably find something in it. But direct-to-garment printing is still... Yeah, I want a full-color photo
0: on three shirts.
1: And I want it to be good quality and look good and wash well and all these other things you know, um, is still, you know, it still has this huge potential. But this, in this UV industry, is so fresh and new and interesting that you could actually have an idea that's a really good idea and yeah. Google search that and not find anybody who's doing it yeah at all. Right. It still has but potential true, for that. That's true. <laughs> well, you would be amazed at the leads
2: that I get. They're, and I, and I talked to Mark about this quite frankly. They're all different. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody everybody has has a different idea. Manufacturers, you know, people who make make XYZ widget, right, they need something on that widget, whether the whole thing decorated, whether they want logo, they don't want labels that can be peeled off, you know, or stickers, whatnot, you know, for safety reasons. They come to you, but they don't search on how do I print on an XYZ widget. They say, how do I print on my widget's made out of polycarbonate? Yeah. How do I print on polycarbonate? So, you know, you have all kinds of opportunities with manufacturers, you know, people who are entrepreneurs or leading-edge type of stuff to take and decorate their items or put information on their items that really makes them look custom or for safety purposes, right? You know, hotels, you have hotels in your area? Hello? Yeah. There's hotel signs that have the directions for fire escapes and stuff like that. Right. You want those as vandal-proof as possible. Yeah. So what do you do? You back-print it on a plex and mount it against the wall so it can't be Bang damaged. Bang all day and nothing happens. Exactly.
0: Okay, yeah. I love all this. I yeah, think, really uh, cool. I mean, I was excited about UV printing before, but I'm more now. And the um, the Compress UV printer is kind of unique in the marketplace. I would encourage everybody to go to compressuvprinter.com. And check it out, and give maybe give Don a call, and talk about what you want to accomplish. And um, you know, one thing that you'll get from any any of us, I hope, in this whole Coldessi group um, of products and businesses, is um, you'll get real real answers to your questions and real solutions to your problems. So you know, you won't get somebody saying that UV printers is the perfect solution for doing T-shirts and cookies, and co- right? You won't get you won't get someone that's saying, "Hey, you really need a multi-head embroidery machine because you have thirty-five thousand dollars to spend." You know, no. It's it's what do you want to do with your business? How do you want to grow? What do you want to accomplish? And then we'll help you figure it out.
2: The customer okay. yesterday was a referral from a sales rep here at Cold Yeah, and they could have very easily have directed them towards a direct-to-garment printer and found ways to decorate on these right. items with certain pretreatments and a lot of work. I mean, yeah. I. When I was running that division, I could print on almost anything. Right. Could I make it profitable, and could I make it repeatable? Yeah. Not, not so much. Right. So they directed them to the right product for yeah. their application, and that's really what it's about. It's about having the right tools. You know, if you've ever had worked with somebody who has all the right tools to do something, yeah. friend, it's a plumber, right? right? And they come in and go, that's how you cut that pipe? Yeah. yeah I've been hacksawing it for like right. two and a half hours. You bring it in the whole thing, and, yip, and it cuts, right? Yeah. It's about using the right tool. All right,
0: so um, this has been another episode. I don't know. Can we call it the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast? Yeah. Well, we I do just
1: need to spin back around to that yeah. for a second because if you if you're listening to this and you and you think it's as cool as I think it is, then you know you're probably like, oh, that would be an awesome addition to my business. And I'm sure there's a group of people out there who, at this point in time, are they're plugging into their computer because they want to yeah, talk know. about it. There's also folks who say, oh, wow. $50,000 or $30,000 is not where I'm at right now. Right. It, but it's in the dream box. However, hopefully you've got some inspiration in this to realize that if you're just doing DTG or you're just doing embroidery yeah. or whatever you're just doing now, that when you add that second product in, you can sell more things to your current customers. As Don said, it opens up a new windows. Yeah. We have a customer who bought an embroidery machine, came in for training, during the training looked at the vinyl T-shirt System yeah, and just said, you know what? This is not that big of an investment to add to my business. I see how my yeah. customers are going to ask for this. I should just get it. Turns out, is like I barely even touched my embroidery machine. And he's 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 great. I know who you're <laughs> yeah. talking about. He's yeah. a master with that. Yeah, and, he's, and, he's got, and he got and he got amazing with it really quick. Yeah, and he's like, I'm getting into the embroidery now. He's right. like, I'm doing some caps now. Yeah. I'm doing some T-shirts, which is kind of just like the the but but. I just find that it all ties together with this podcast. So it's not just about talking about the UV, even though that's what this episode yeah. is, but it's also about the inspiration of saying, like, I offer one thing, but I've got to be like that Walmart-style yeah. you know, atmosphere where my customer can come to me yeah. and I've got this option for him. I've got this, and, and when they walk in for the cap, I have three other things I can upsell to them. Um, I've got, or and then it turns out that you're getting referral business for the stuff you upsold.
0: Yeah, and right I just in
1: d- the initial, and and I, initial.
0: I just want to start calling it, you know, maybe maybe a target business. Sure. You know, as opposed to Walmart. I just yeah. want to, you know,
1: let's I, let's like <laughs> let let's so like, Okay, great.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, this has been um, Mark Stevenson from
1: Coldesi and Mark Vila from Coleman and Company, and and got Don.
0: Yeah, thanks to Don Copeland for getting the, the podcast again. Um, You guys out there, um, have a good business. Yeah. Bye.